0: Appreciate it. Put it back here. All right. I want you to take three deep breaths with me. You ready? Another one. And another one. All right, are you ready to go? It's 2022, man, the calendar turned, let's head it, let's make it happen. You're like, wait a second, slow down. I'm still coming over the holiday blues and getting things up. Our Christmas tree is still up. How many Christmas trees are still up? Yeah, there we go, all right. So you're trying to say, how do we move forward? Well, I tell you what, unless you dial yourself in, center yourself on the Lord Jesus Christ early in the year, you never know where the year may go awry. I believe it's critical for us to gain a deep breath and a heart full of the Holy Spirit for what God has for each of us in our own lives this year. And so this morning, I want to talk about creating anew. Creating anew in 2022. Now, you might say, well, that's a little corny. Corny. Well, I do corny phrases through my life. In fact, it was interesting when I drove past that signature end on 46th and 38th Street in Indianapolis, Indiana, realizing it was 30 years ago tonight that we started um, Eagle Church at that city, and it grew, and we relocated to a large campus on the northwest side, and actually a guy who showed up that very first uh, night on January 12th of 1992, he's now pastor of that church, and and they're running strong for the kingdom of God there, and I uh, uh, just reflect on this whole idea that God has brought my family my wife and I my kids weren't around of course right 30 years in this ministry world and we're still at it and when we started Eagle Church back in Indianapolis I was like how do you do this That's what Dave does with his ministry. How do you start new churches? And I did, I guess, what's called a parachute drop, where you just sort of drop yourself in a city, no people, no building, no money, and you say, God, let's make some things happen. And he goes before you. And he went before us. But I put, um, I got an article in the newspaper, which was pretty cool back then. We uh, sent out a, a mailer of a thousand, initially a thousand letters to people maybe I had contact with through my universities that I knew of, that I graduated from, and might have been in the area. And then we put an ad on the radio, and it just still is this jingle that hangs with me. And I said, looking for something new in 1992. And so it's only fitting for me 30 years later to have a corny title for this morning, which is Creating a New in 2022. But this title's not for me. This title's for you. Do you feel called this year to create a new, something that doesn't exist, something that God has put in your heart to move forward? Now, you may not think of yourself as a creative person. I had a uh, some really nice uh, Christmas gifts, some gifts that uh, were very thoughtful from my children. And uh, each of them were very valued. But I opened up uh, the gift for my oldest son at Christmas time, and literally his gift made me start to cry. And his gift was this. You're going like, wow, Carrie, you're pretty simple to please. A book made you cry? Well, He gave me this book, and I'm not going to read what he wrote in the front part of it, uh, except for just a couple lines of it. And he simply said this, Dad, there are books that occasionally align so closely to your soul that you think, was this written just for me? This is one of those books to me. And he goes on to talk about this book, which is written by Erwin McManus, who is his pastor in Hollywood. He works at NBC Universal, and um, Ryan uh, attends Mosaic, and Irwin McManus has a great church up there, a lot of young adults, thriving artists, other kinds of things, right on Hollywood Boulevard. This book is entitled, "The Artisan' Soul." And in this book, he unpacks the heart for being a creative person. Now, why did that make me cry? Because he said in this foreword, Dad, I'm giving you this book so that you can understand me better. And I've reread this book because I read it in college when we'd gone through a tough church transition. And he said, I wrote my notes again in this of things that struck me and how this book spoke to me. Ryan gave me a piece of his own soul the artisan soul because he has the heart of an artist he works in helping oversee a lot of the shows that you would watch on NBC universal crafting storylines creating but he's got a heart for god and how does that all come together and so I'm in the process of reading this book, The Artisan Soul, by Irwin McManus. And it's been around a while, but I'd never taken the initiative really to read it. And as I began to read this, and I was reading it on the plane, I was taken back by something that Irwin says in here. And I want to draw attention to it. The statement that he writes in the first part of... Um, the chapter, is a statement that's actually reflective of one of the values that's a part of the church that he um, took over and really developed um, for people who are artists, if I can find where that is. And in this statement, you might find it resonating with you, you may find it something that just doesn't strike you at all. But I'll put it up here um, before you. Irwin McManus says that creativity is the natural result of spirituality. Creativity is the natural result of spirituality. And when he said that statement, I thought, well, of course. If you're growing spiritually, you're going to naturally be a more creative person. But he said that he ran into resistance with this statement. I'm like, why would you ever run into resistance as this one of the values of your church? And he said this, One of the leaders in the Christian movement tried to restrain me by explaining that I was putting undue pressure on people by requiring that their spirituality somehow manifests itself in creativity. From her perspective, establishing creativity as a basic expression of being human would doom most people to failure. And let me be clear on this point. She was exactly right, but she was exactly right for the wrong reasons. Her view is that most of us are simply not creative. Aspiring to be something we are not leads only to failure. This is exactly wrong. But she was right about the reality of failure. When we embrace this new view of ourselves, it takes courage to not only accept our limitations but embrace our potential. To deny our creative nature is to choose a life where we are less, where we are less, and thus responsible for less. We see ourselves as created beings, so we choose to survive. When we see ourselves as creative beings, we must instead create. So she says, "Don't doom people to failure." Hey, you got to be creative. It's like somebody that says, "Hey, I'm going to put a piece of paper before you, and I want you to draw a beautiful picture." And you're like, "I am terrible at this," right? Because we think of creativity a lot of times in artistic terms, whether it's drawings, whether it's paintings, whether it's describing you know, a, a, a scenery setting with great oratorical skills or something like that. We usually put creativity in the category of an artist. But Erwin's saying that all of us have an artistic soul because we were created in the image of God and being created in the image of the creator. We are people who create. All that's happened in our world and all that's created, the building that you're in, the cars that you drove, the beautiful buildings that we get a chance to live in, right? All the different excursions maybe you can go on. All that was created by somebody somehow, somewhere. If you just put a bunch of dogs on this planet, I don't think they would have created what we enjoy as human beings, right? And when God created human beings, he said, "Rule, subdue and have dominion over the earth. He called us to create, to build. And it's not just for those who have sort of what we describe as more of an artistic nature. You may be a business person. You may be a homemaker. You may be someone who is just striving to do well in, in school and craft a, a great uh, um, you know, GPA. You are a creator. And this year, in 2022, I want you to focus on creating anew. I want us to focus on creating anew. He records another person that said this. Another significant faith leader was more poignant in his response from this phrase. He says, I still remember his words. Frankly, they are pretty hard to forget. He said, quote, people are worker bees. They simply need a task to be happy. Our singular task as followers of Christ is to obey, not to create. I read that and I got mad. Is that how Christianity comes across? Is that how you view Christianity? Maybe you're not a Christian this morning and you're like, how did I find myself in a church trying to check out God? I don't know. But is that what this is about? Just obey. You're a worker bee. Just do it, do it, do it, and don't say anything. Keep your act together. Friends, if that's where our Christian faith has gone, then you and I will grow weary because we are not called to be mere worker bees. We are called to be co-heirs with Christ. And when he places his image in us, he calls us to create, to craft. You know, when I enjoy a Christmas like Melissa and I enjoyed with uh, our kids, and now with our daughter-in-law, Britt, um, who is one of our kids, we grew by one this year. I'm so thankful for what God has built in our home, and our family life through the years. But as a something that, by God's grace, we worked at creating a beautiful home life. Doesn't mean we're perfect by any means, and we were on one another for sure during the times of the holidays here or there. But it takes a journey to craft a beautiful home. You maybe are in the midst of doing that right now. Maybe you're in a marriage, and you're crafting that marriage to be a beautiful marriage. You're a creator. Maybe you've come through some brokenness in your life, like Dave shared about, you know, lost lives in this valley. And, and you're like, well, how do, how, do, how do I move forward in 2022 to, to create, to craft? Well, God will enable you. But this year gives you the opportunity to create a new, something new in 2022 for his glory and for your enjoyment. What is it? Dig out your ears that God would call you to do. You are not a mere worker bee. Let's lock in another year, year three of COVID. Let's push it through and just be worker bees and do what's right. Or could God say to you, give it a try. Take a step, something that's not existed before. You know, when Dave and had started this church in 04, it didn't exist. You guys met in elementary schools in French Valley, right? And you had the road crew, and you, you set up, tore down, all that kind of thing. When I came, we had a place over on Hunter Road, and that was a step of faith to continue to craft and create a place, a home for a community. When we took the step here uh, three years ago to be able to step into this location, there's a lot of work to be able to make some things going. We're still making some things going, but it's just not the building, the facility. It's the people, right? It's the raising up of the people, the sending out of people to be able to inspire people that are becoming like Christ. And so for us as a church, I want to encourage us this morning that we would continue on the mission of creating anew this year what God has called us to, as surely as he's called you to create and develop in your own home life, in your business, in your social arenas. Maybe there's something you're constructing physically. Maybe it's something that you're building relationally. Maybe it's something that you're repairing. But friend, it is true what Irwin McManus says. Creativity is the natural result of growing spirituality. And if you've got lost in some of the doldrums of your faith, Maybe it's because you've lost your sense of wonder and your sense of creativity and your sense of partnering with God in making things happen. Are you ready to go? Let's go. There's a couple of verses I want us to give reference to, and uh, you're going to have to move along here with me. Um, But the um, aspect that in my own personal life... um, when I reflected back on these two passages and they're familiar passages with us, is for us as a church, but for me as a leader of this church, how do I unpack what I want to create anew for 2022? And I've summed it up in these three, three phrases. If we can go back to those three phrases. To be a Jesus-only disciple, thriving in a faith-based, a faith-based, rich community caught up in a spirit-empowered mission. Can you say that with me? Here we go. Ready? To be a Jesus-only disciple thriving in a faith-rich community caught up in a spirit-empowered mission. I don't know, I just sort of roll off my tongue as I try to think through my own recreating things. So what am I doing individually? What I want to do for us as a church. And that's sort of how it came framed up. And it's based off of some of our values, of course, that we have as a church. But these three passionate things come from these two critical verses. It's called the Great Commandment and the Great Commission. And if we can turn there for the Great Commandment, it says this. These are the words of Jesus and Never grow weary and tired of these. Like, oh yeah, I've heard that before. I I got it, got it, got it. You know, if Jesus spoke here for this Sunday and we invited him to come up here on stage, there's a pretty good chance he's saying these same sets of words in these two passages. The great commandment, Jesus said this, love the Lord your God with all of your heart and with all of your soul and with all of your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. So he took all of scripture and he said, hey, if you're going to take everything that was written before I came and then of course what happened after he came and you want to sum it up, love God with all of your heart, mind, soul, and your strength and your mind. And the second is love your neighbor as yourself. Love God, love people. Simply put, as some people articulate it, the Great Commandment. And the second was the Great Commission. And the Great Commission is in Matthew 28. And it says this, Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age." The word disciple there stands out because when you look at that whole passage that Jesus gave, and this was an exhortation to him right before he ascended into the heavens or uh, as he finished down his ministry, Jesus assumed you were going, you're going to make things happen in your life, you're going to be around people, but as you go, disciple, disciple, disciple. Yeah, there's some other verbs in there, right? Baptizing and teaching and uh, encourage people to obey. But make disciples was there at the core of it. So back to our three phrases. Our three phrases, creating anew in 2022, to be a Jesus-only disciple, thriving in a faith-rich community, caught up in a Spirit-empowered mission. I won't have you raise your hands, but how many would you say, All three of those apply to my life right now. I am, in my own way, not in a weird way, a radical for Jesus only. And what I'm pursuing is intimacy with Christ. I am pursuing to know him more. I am pursuing his agenda in this world. And I am seeking to not be distracted by all these other things. Jesus only, disciple. You see, there's a lot of people that will say that they're Christian. In fact, the word Christian today is used in all kinds of bland ways and even in negative ways. The early followers of Jesus were first called Christians at a city called Antioch, which is in uh, modern day um, Turkey area. And Antioch, Antioch, uh, those believers, they didn't know how to quite describe him. They were Jewish people that had chosen Jesus as their Messiah. But yet this was different than just the Jewish faith. It was a culmination of the prophecies of the Jewish faith. And as they moved forward, as they moved forward in this, the Jesus-only disciple aspect was what their heart was. And so they were called Christ followers, but they shortened that, if you will, to say Christian. But today the word gets watered down. Sometimes I hesitate to ask them, "Why well, are you a Christian? What does that mean? Yeah, I go to church, or yeah, I believe in God. No, are you a Jesus follower? Are, are, are you a Jesus-only kind of disciple? The idea of thriving in a community, a faith-rich community. Would you raise your hand and say, you know, I am a part of a, a family it's the best word to describe it. People that love me, that care for me, that I can encourage. I inspire their kids and they help me out when I'm down and and uh, I can uh, count on them to uh, you know think of my best entrance and I can help them when they're down. And it's centered around the gospel. It's centered around faith. It's centered around uh, the community of doing God's work. Would you say, yeah, I am a part, I am thriving in a Faith-rich community. And for us as the awakening church, we want to be a faith-rich community. We don't want to just be hanging out, hey, a chili party. That sounds pretty good. I come have some chili. Well, but the chili party cook-off is for the purpose of gathering, but when you gather, you sort of have some kindred spirit because you have something in common, and that is you're a Jesus-only kind of pursuing person. And are you on the outside and looking in? Even if you're here this morning, or maybe you're watching online, I am discovering, and I think, Dave, you were referencing this part of the I'm discovering there's a lot of people that are not a part of a faith-rich community. Not only are they not thriving, they're not even connected to one. And I want to encourage us, as we go on the journey of 2022, that you establish creating a faith-rich community as part of your world. And sometimes that transitions from season to season in life and other things. But don't be the lone ranger. Don't just be the person hanging on the outside saying, hey, it's good to see everybody there today. Stay, Keep your distance, not just physically, but emotionally, right? Take the risk, jump back in and thrive in a faith-rich community and take the steps to do that. Like when You know, we take the initiative to say, hey, get involved in this or this. It's not like, hey, we just need you to sign up and fill up slots on the list. No, when you get close and interact with people, you know what it's like, especially in the world of social media today. You know, you can have 2,000 friends on your Facebook post. You can have an Instagram that's followed by tons of people and be one of the loneliest individuals because you're not up close in front. My, uh, one of the, uh, my nephews uh, is a professor at Taylor University, and uh, we were sitting across the table over Christmas holidays there talking, and uh, he asked me a question. He says, what, uh, what's the difference that you see between some of the years that you've uh, done life in ministry, knowing that I used to be a college-age pastor? I was a college and career pastor at one time in my life for young adults. And uh, he was, you know, just getting a feel. It's his first year as a professor, Um, on campus, and uh, one of the things I said to him, I said, well, I don't see young people doing as much, and maybe it's because I'm an old guy, I don't know, but what we're doing here in this room right now, and we looked around the room, there's probably about 30 of us, and we're circled up, and we're talking, and we're connecting, catching up with one another, encouraging one another, hearing each other's wounds, that kind of thing, and I said, I I sense there's a lot of um, interaction maybe in our world today with people in their 20s, but do they really have rich community? And sometimes the way life is, especially these two years of COVID now, the distancing thing has caused us to find loneliness. Friends, you may feel lonely, but you're never, ever alone in Christ. And if you're in a faith community you can call. Even this week while I was gone, there was a, a gentleman that's a part of our church that had some medical challenges, older in life, some issues going on. And it was a joy to me to see the church community just grab a hold and interact. And I gave him a call and that kind of stuff to know that there's support. So a Jesus-only disciple thriving in a faith-rich community. What about the third? Could you be able to raise your hand for the third? The third is caught up in a spirit-empowered mission. Now, I like this phrase because caught up is what I felt like when I was a part of some of my early church movement kind of things. Caught up. And the spirit-empowered aspect was this is something that is so out there that only God can do this. You ever done one of those things? I got this. I can manage it. I'll take care of it. But have you ever took initiative to create something that it's only going to be through the power of the spirit that this comes about? You know, it's funny reflecting on this whole church planning aspect. I remember uh, when we were a growing church and we established ourselves on a new campus and some things were thriving and and, uh, we hit some... obstacles related to some continued growth aspects geographically and some other things and and god laid on uh our hearts melissa and i to take an initiative um with some others to start a satellite church right it's a multi-campus kind of thing which at that time uh was really sort of starting to catch on and i remember we stood up on stage and we sat on chairs and we said we have an announcement and um you got to remember, we're like Abraham and Sarah. And Melissa and I, we're going to have a baby. And they were like, oh, yeah, that's really weird. And it distracted the whole congregation so much and for so long. I regret now that I went that route. But I said, we're going to have a baby, but it's not a human baby. We're going to uh, Daughters Satellite Campus. We're going to have a baby church. (laughs) <laughs> and I still to this day people go, Yeah, that, that was really weird when you and Melissa stood up there and told us you were gonna have a baby. But when you're in ministry or when you've started things or some of your business people or you know, you've had initiatives in your own life, you're like, I'm gonna start something new, and whether it's from scratch or whatever, I'm gonna take the initiative and we're gonna create by God's grace. And when you start something, whether it's a church or a family right? Or a, a new program or a business or, you know, you, you name it. there's this, oh my gosh, what are we going to do? How's this going to come about? But then you lay it before the Lord and he begins to move some of the pieces by his grace and his sovereignty, if it's his will. And, and, and you go, this is pretty cool. I like this. This is exciting. This is happening and you're in the midst of it, and you have highs and lows, right? The the peaks and the crashes, man, it's all a part of it. But you're out there with an artist's soul, the creator of God's soul, as a creator, take an initiative on mission, and his mission is do what? To make disciples of all nations. So all people would love God with all their heart, mind, soul, and strength, that they would love others as themselves. This is God's mission. It's his kingdom. That's why when Jesus was asked by his disciples, how should we pray, what did he say? He said, pray this, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And the kingdom has to do with the reign of Christ, foremostly in a person's heart and then in the geographical area or in the community that's around you. And God said, I'm going to create human beings that can forward my mission of my kingdom. And Jesus came and redeemed us, saved us from our sins so that we can be on mission with him. And when they freaked out, when he said, I'm going to go ascend back to the Father, but don't worry, I'm going to come back to you through my spirit, they didn't understand it, but on the day of Pentecost, his spirit came and possessed them and empowered them to do a mission. And so when we say something like caught up in a spirit-empowered mission, We're just going back to the New Testament, going back to the early disciples and say, let's do again in 2022 what he called them to do in that early century to grab a hold of the fullness of the Holy Spirit and make some things happen. You good to go? There's one who opposes it. You know his name. His name's Satan, he's an adversary. Jesus himself in John 10, 10 says that the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. That's Satan. But then I have come, he says, that you may have life and have it to the full. Do not let the adversary, do not let Satan still kill, and destroy the vision and the heart for what God's calling you to create and develop and move forward into this year. Because Jesus says, I've come to you that you may have life and that you may have it to the full. Doesn't mean it's always easy. But for me, friends, this third part is what's caught me when I go back to my family and their own mission there and their crafting and creating and their own worlds in so many different dimensions, which I think is just sort of cool as your extended families grow and you see what God does through a rich faith um, community of, of extended family members but it just fires me up again to say, God, what do you want me to do at this season of my life? Life's brief. Let's not get fanned into sleep and complacency. You don't need to put undue guilt and burdens upon you. Oh, I've got to create. I've got to do a pretty drawing on this piece of paper. No, you have to sensitize yourself to the Spirit. And the Spirit says, I want you to go this direction. I want you to do this. I want you to craft this. I want you to draw near to this person. I want you to build up this kind of ministry effort or maybe this kind of dynamic in the workplace. What's He calling you to do? And run with it. And the Spirit's power will be with you in that journey. Creating a new. In 2022, to be a Jesus-only disciple, thriving in a faith-rich community, caught up in a Spirit-empowered mission. That's my challenge. Maybe you have your own phrases. In your seats, you came in this morning, and there was this piece of paper. I want you to take this piece of paper because we, as a church family, Uh, Take a moment this time of year to challenge us, if you feel so led, to be a part of what we refer to as the participating membership of this church. And to understand that, you need to understand some of the mission, some of the values, but then there needs to be a commitment on your part to say, yeah, I'm in. I want to walk through this just briefly. We won't take time to go deep into it. But our mission here as a church, we renamed it from Chorus Church, and it had its own unique dynamic and flavor and thriving, as you could tell. Dave's a great musician. And when we were in the process of thinking through um, some of renewing the vision with another set of um, years before us, there was the recrafting of, well, is there... a a good reason why or why not, or how should we navigate this? And and this term awakening came to us. And when it first came to us, I'm like, really? I remember asking somebody that's a church planning guru in Southern California, can you name a church called the Awakening Church? Is that all right? And he looked at me and he says, Carrie, this is Southern California. You can name a church anything you want to name it down here. But when I put this heart together with that word awakening that was presented and brought, I'm like, well, I think there resonates with that. I like the great awakening movements in church history. I'm a person that wants to be, you know, awake. I don't want to be slumbering. Scripture talks about, you know, wake up from your spiritual slumber, some other kinds of things. Even the name of Temecula Valley talks about the sun rising through the mist, the name of our valley. And so we ran with the awakening name. But this phrase is our mission, people awakening people. To become fully alive in Christ and to its mission, to his mission. That's what we want to see. Not just people cross a line of faith, but to become fully alive that Christ is living and breathing through them, a close dynamic walk, and out of that is birth, a passion to be on his mission, a spirit-empowered mission. And we do that not just by saying, "All right, carry you and the leadership there. make it happen. No, we're all doing this every day. People awakening people to be fully alive in Christ and to his mission. And then out of that, these three values of disciple making, community building, and missional living. And that ties back into what I just shared with those phrases concerning creating new in 2022. But I want us to look at this piece of paper because in this piece of paper is listed these three values underneath this kind of mission. And this is a participating membership commitment. And the first is in the area of disciple making. And if you notice on your worksheet, I guess it's a worksheet, but we filled in all the boxes with check marks because you don't get a pick. If you're going to be a participating member, hey, you, always attend. you don't need to be a member of this church. I mean, there's there's what's called uh, positional membership. If you are a believer and a follower of Jesus Christ, then you are a member of the one true church of Jesus Christ. But on a local level, there's different kinds of churches not just in this valley, but across the world. And different kinds of local churches sometimes have different nuances of, of the mission that God gave and that kind of thing. But if you're going to be a participating member, uh, then there needs to be some teeth to it as we figured out uh, on a local level. But some people choose to be and some people choose not. But if you want to make that initiative here at the beginning of this year concerning creating a new in 2022, then, then here we go. Disciple making. The first box. I believe Jesus died, rose again, and profess him as my Lord and Savior. My Savior and Lord. I affirm my faith in Christ through the public declaration of baptism. Let me stop with those two. You cannot really... Be a member of a local church and participate as part of the membership of that local church if you're not a part of the true church. And to be a part of the church, true church means that you profess Jesus Christ as your Savior, Lord, and your leader. You're not perfect. You come just as you are, but you say, take my life. Let it be for you. And then you mark that by baptism. And baptism is the outer sign of the inner commitment. It doesn't save you. But we had beautiful baptisms up here uh, in a couple months ago people being baptized and they were doing what I believe I'm in those two first I believe willing to be identified with the body of Christ through public declaration of baptism. Number 3 is this I take up the disciple making pathway to become more like Christ. There's a verse that was back there on that I just I missed that. I'm sorry if we can go back. The 2 Corinthians 5, 17 verse, Therefore, if anyone is in, in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed. Behold, the new has come. This is the creator, creating things anew, creating you anew. It says that you are born again when you believe in Christ and you begin following with him. You go from being spiritually flatlined to being spiritually alive. That's the most critical thing of being a participating member is that you're a member in Christ's body through your profession of faith. And here's the creator making you anew. Number three then was, I take up the disciple-making pathway to become more like Christ. Not going to go into a, a diagram, and that's listed below. And it's just sort of along this pathway, it's a journey. It's a journey of growth. You don't just, hey, arrive, you know, the baby doesn't come out of the womb, you know, at the age of 18. Sometimes we wish so, but, you know, not. You grow, and there's a journey of growth. But you're going to take up that disciple-making pathway in your own life, becoming a Jesus-only kind of disciple. I seek intimacy with Jesus through Scripture and prayer and worship. That you're taking on that responsibility as it says there in the next one, I accept responsibility for my own spiritual growth and formation. So if you're saying I'm a disciple-making kind of person, I'm a part of this church, then you're owning your own spiritual growth. I don't know how many times things... And I understand God moves us. He moved me here, right? I don't know. I'm not being fed anymore at that church. I'm like, is it our responsibility to put the spoon in your mouth for you to be fed spiritually? That's what this is getting at. We are collectively together, strong spiritually or not, depending upon your own personal pursuit of spiritual formation, of knowing Christ. Take that initiative. Scripture, prayer, worship, the studies that we have, the communities that you can be a part of is helping you move in that direction. Accept a responsibility for your own spiritual growth and formation. And then on the back side of this sheet, flip it over if you got it. This is your announcement. Guns going off. We are collecting people who want to be a part of a great faith journey called Rooted. We had 40 some people walk through this this last fall. Would you be willing to be a part of that journey? This semester, this describes what that rooted journey is, but this helps you in your spiritual formation. This helps you become a greater disciple, a Jesus only kind of disciple that's growing rich in community and also rich in your faith. And whether you're seeking faith, you're on your outside looking in, you're new to the faith, whether you're growing in the faith or whether you've been a long-term mature person of faith, everybody that's been through this 10 week uh, discipleship journey called rooted will say it's valuable at whatever level you are spiritually. And I want you to take this this morning, read it, fill it out, even if you're only interested, and we're going to begin launching our new rooted come uh, the second week of February. But this ties in to what? Creating a new. You do not grow by just showing up at church, you do not grow because your family is Christians, you do not grow because you have good intentions. You need to take action. Put yourself in something that'll be catalytic for you to know Christ and to grow in Him. Disciple making was the first. Second is community building. Community building, thriving in a faith rich community. I honor God through both personal and weekly corporate worship to make a connection point to be here. I'm always with our world today, and I tell a lot of people post COVID church is not the same as pre COVID church. One of the things that's happened during COVID is we're a little skittish on commitments and routines. Also skittish on being around people, and I understand that, very legitimate. But what's happened, there's been such transition in places like church communities that people, i say it's optional. What you're saying with this is I'm gonna honor God both through personal weekly corporate worship. We don't have somebody come and knock on your door if we haven't seen you for three weeks, but we really would like to see you every week. I foster relationships of depth in a missional community life group. What this means is in the groups that we have, and there's several you can be a part of, on the back of your uh, Connect card that's play say, am I interested in being in a life group, is that you're going to be going on a journey. It can be rooted. It can be one of the women's groups that we highlighted here this morning that you can get the card with when you head out of here. It can be with the men's group. But these groups are not just for getting together and sharing our woes and having a gossip session. That's not what a missional community life group is. It's that your own on mission with these values and you're really helping to forward God's mission during the course of a week as you have sensitivity to neighbors, to friends, co-workers, and we're serving them. The third one there. I support my church leadership mission, vision, values, and beliefs. We're going over some of those briefly here. We are not perfect as church leadership, but you're basically saying I'm in the boat. Rowing the boat, not rocking the boat. I protect church unity by resolving conflict and refusing to gossip. That's something we own across this church community because this is what brings division to churches many times. I pursue generosity through regular giving and biblical stewardship. You're owning that, as it says biblically, given to the Lord's work. I seek to develop a servant's heart in helping others in need. This is a part of missional living. Missional living is this third aspect, this component of being uh, caught up in a spirit-empowered mission. I seek to develop a servant's heart in helping others in need. I share my life and faith with those who do not follow Jesus Christ. Just share your story, your journey, brokenness and all as you have chance. I participate on a ministry team and regularly serve my church. I'm so grateful, especially for the worship team people that have been serving for children's workers that are serving student ministry workers, greeters. I can go on down the line, but you're saying, I'm going to participate on a ministry team at this local church. And then I invite others to church and warmly engage with those who visit. I'm mindful on a Sunday morning that if you're not here, maybe somebody could have been greeted or connected with. That only would have happened if you would have been here. And it was their one chance they gave to say, I'm going to give church a try. When you come, you're not coming as a spectator. You're coming as a participant to be able to be involved in worship, but also to be able to engage with those who are around you. And then the fifth aspect of this missional living was I commit to doing my part and being on mission in my community during the week and involved in the task of global evangelization. Isn't that a big word? That means we want to bleed a global heart for all people around the world and how we go about it. That's why we're part of the Christian Missionary Alliance, a church that has a connection to this movement of A.B. Simpson, as David mentioned, where there's 700 missionaries serving in 70-some different countries around the world, and we have some ownership of that. But we're on mission in our local community as well as what God's doing in the world. I want you to take this participating membership covenant, and I want you to consider doing what it says there simply at the top. I commit to God and others the following steps of obedience in order to unfold, uphold the vision, values, and ministry of the Awakening Church. If you'd like to do that, just sign your name. It gives you a place there in referencing, hey, you know, you're saved, and and, and uh, have you been baptized? Would you be willing to be baptized? What ministry team would you be willing to serve on? If you're already serving one, you can put that in the blank. And then the whole aspect of being in community as well, and the willingness to be in community. I want you to take that. I want you to sign it and fill it out, even if you're already a participating member of this church, because what? We are creating anew in 2022, and that means, are you in? Let's go. Let's sign up. Let's make it happen. To be a Jesus-only disciple, thriving in a faith-rich community, caught up in a spirit-empowered mission. I want to close here this morning uh, and then we're going to finish out uh, with just another um, effort at that Be Thou My Vision song by introducing you to someone who we are blessed. And uh, I want to invite Trey Cumming to come up here to the platform. Trey is an Alliance pastor. Trey is a marriage and family therapist and uh, licensed. And he is... Of this morning, I guess, maybe it was in board meeting yesterday, officially a part of our pastoral staff at this church. Will you welcome Trey Cummings? (laughs) I don't know how much we could go into all this, but you got to know. When we talk about God creating something new, I've never been a leader of a church with the blessing you bring to the table for us as a church family. Trey has been a part of another great Alliance church, a large Alliance church up in Riverside called The Grove. And Trey, you minister there for over a decade, I know, and he built a family, a marriage and family counseling practice that had 50 different counselors, right, that were operating. He walked in the doors of this church a few months ago, a couple months ago, probably, right? Him and his wife, Helen. Helen's not able to be with us today. Helen, it's great to have you online, and some of the kids are here today. And I said, oh, Trey, it's good to see you. Just on vacation popping in is what was in my head. We met a couple weeks later and started to unpack the story, and God led them through some transition. And he has felt called of God to move to Marietta and to start a Christian counseling practice for our valley. And would you say it's needed here or not? Trey, welcome, and he's agreed, pro bono, (laughs) to join us on staff and help with the pastoral care load of this church and help us to reach broken, lost people in this valley. But Trey, welcome, maybe share a little bit, if you want, about just God leading you and Helen to be a part of our church and what God's put on your heart for this valley at this time because you, my friend, are creating anew. As a Jesus-only disciple, Thriving in a faith-based community, God's led you here to be a part of being caught up in a spirit-empowered mission um, that's desperately needed. But long-term guy here, share your heart a little bit.
1: Sure. Um, the The first time we came here, um, David Gilmore actually suggested we come here. And the first time we came here, we walked through the doors, and my wife was just like, wow, that's the place for us. And it was just a really neat experience to uh, walk into a place and feel god's presence and to start to get to know some people and so that was a really neat experience and then um,
0: I'm glad we didn't scare you off, man that was good
1: <laughs> great and then Holy Spirit uh, thing over the last couple of months, God just kind of really uh, put on my heart that there was a need for really good quality Christian counseling in this area and um, was one of those things I was after my uh, leaving the other church, I was like, where do you want me to go, Lord? And it was opening up to wherever and wasn't expecting it to be uh, here. And then all of a you sudden... You thought you'd head
0: back to Texas where you're from, right? I was thinking so.
1: <laughs> um, and just open to go anywhere. Mm. And it uh, just became really clear. He put on my heart that uh, this area needs quality Christian counseling. Mm. And laid that on my heart. And then from there kind of laid the needs of the church here Mm. on my heart as well. And I uh, started as a counselor and then added in being a pastor, but I've always seen counseling as a ministry Mm. and always looked at they're really kind of inseparable. Mm. You really can't take your spiritual walk out of your need for counseling. Mm. And so then just really in getting to know you and talking with you, I had already known Zach I mm-hmm. uh, met him. Yeah, few Zach, years ago. Pastor
0: Zach actually interned at the church that Trey was at, so he had that relationship already. Yeah.
1: So that was really neat. I got to uh, know y'all a little better, and God just kind of said in my heart that mm-hmm. there's a place here to help with pastoral care. And I am excited to get to step in and help with that.
0: This initiative makes me want to cry as a pastor because, I mean, you see it all the time. People don't identify as sinners today. But they will identify as broken people. And our brokenness comes from sin. And we have a Savior. And we have healing through the power of Christ. Our identity in Him. The hope, the calling that He set before us. And to have a ministry that's associated with our church. It'll be a separate Christian counseling kind of ministry. But uh, He will be also doing Christian counseling for us as a church. And He will also be helping with some of the pastoral care load. He's willing to sit around a table with the rest of us as staff on a weekly basis. And uh, the board interviewed him yesterday and we had a good interaction. Uh, David Gilmer, who spoke last week, are our, both our bosses as uh, the leader of the Alliance Churches in Southern California. But uh, I'm not showing it to you personally. I'm not going to do it now. But you've brought tears to my eyes. Because when you step out by faith and you say, Lord... You've called us to this valley to, to do things. You say, I can't do this. Can you bring your people together to do it? And he's done that with you, Trey. And so, so grateful. You need to know another little sidestep to this. There's something else that's sort of be creating anew, and maybe we'll get a chance to highlight it a little bit. But this week, this building will have some occupancy to it with a nonprofit um, private education association. Um, Giving an alternative to educational processes for young children, middle school, and high school. And we've stepped into what I'd refer to at some level of partnership, but they're going to be a tenant and use some of our space during the course of the week. Um, it's called Brightwood Private Education Association. And uh, when we knew that they were going to maybe be occupying some space that helps us out with some of the burden that we carry as a church here financially, too, I was like, well, Lord, we don't want to limit what we're doing as a church. Maybe there's some other place that we can also pick up some space to operate out of during the course of a week. And we approached the school next to us. And you need to know not only is this a God thing here with Trey, but we needed a place then when we started talking to trade, all helping simultaneously. Where would a counseling kind of space envi- operate? Where could we have some group kind of space for us to you know, do ministry during the week? Maybe some of the groups that have been mentioned, that kind of stuff. And the school next door has graciously extended to us a very, very economical five-month lease on Suite F next door. It's 2,200 square feet. And the counseling center is going to get launched out of that space. I think this thing's going to grow fast. And so he's got a partner and some other kinds of visions. And so uh, long term, maybe that will be one of the spaces that you operate out of. But um, next week, if you've got children, I'm pretty sure next week uh, for the middle school, they're not going to be meeting out in our commons area. They're going to be meeting over in suite F which is too over. But we're going to start utilizing that space for ministry for these five months and see if we can walk that out and maybe what could maybe be there a little bit more long-term. But God's moving these pieces, and it's all part of what I feel is creating anew for 2022. Um, Can you just bow with me? I want to pray for Trey and Helen as you're watching online. Jesus, may you just bless them in this new initiative as they take the passions, the desires, the experience And brought that to be a blessing to us as a local church and to this valley. May you give them a rich, healthy, uncomplicated launch to this Christian counseling ministry here in this valley. And Lord, enfold them within our church family as just a core part of who we are and what you're calling us to do. People awakening people to be fully alive in Christ and to his mission. May your blessing abide. In your name we pray. Amen. Thank you, Trey. Will you welcome Trey again? God bless. Dave, if you would come up, I'd like us to just close out this morning by going back to that hymn and some of the team members, uh, the ushers, if you would take your places to receive the Lord's tithes and offerings as well as your Connect cards and your participating membership commitments and your rooted initiative to be a part of of a discipleship journey. You can place all those in the baskets or on your way out. But I want us to just close by singing through this hymn again. And for you, in your personal life, what is God calling you to create anew this year? Maybe it's an extension of what he's already called you to. And here's another year of opportunity. If you're down and low, allow the spirit to pick you up and be encouraged. He has in my life just the last couple of weeks that I've been able to get away and come back. I'm saying, let's go, let's go at this again. If you have a prayer need this morning, there's a place to come for prayer up here to your right and somebody will be more than glad to pray with you maybe if you're in one of those places. But will you stand with us as we close with Be Thou My Vision.